outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. From outer space. This was a yellow light that was flashing. Oh my God! I my just don't get how you. Out, yeah, my house is tapped. The aliens are here. It's probably the government. Department of Energy is DOE listening dude, in. I don't get how you see the blinds, but now we're all spooked and we're live. And guess what we're talking about this week, guys? It's a podcast from outer space. It's your boy Rob Scott, as usual. We got Adam in the house, freaking hey us out. Thanks for freaking listening. everybody out tonight. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> and we got my bro Ryan over here. Hello, everybody. And coincidentally, Adam's seeing alien lights as we're talking tonight about, about UFO sightings and alien abductions in the state of California. We're next. Great. It's great. fucking great. And for those of you that don't know, California is the number one state for alien encounters and abduction, specifically Southern California, where we happen to be. So that's yep. just wonderful. Only second. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Only second to Washington and Florida, which kind of uh, teeter-totter at the second spot there. And Texas coming in at number three. But those states don't even have half as many reports as good old California. It's the land and fruit. It's the nuts, man. What do you expect? <laughs> hey, man, but this uh, these sightings, man, they, they've happened way longer than that. And, you know, with the introduction of uh, Project Blue Book, which if you don't know what that is, we'll talk about later. By 77, there was 51 reports from California alone. And with the establishment of the National UFO Reporting Center in 95, by 2003, they had received more than 2,800 reports from California. And um, the first couple documented sightings go back as far as the 1800s. Now, it's difficult to pinpoint the first encounter in the state, but there are several Chumash, is that correct? Chumash. Chumash cave paintings that were found in the Santa Monica Mountains going back close to 600 years, some even thousands of years. And these paintings, they depict big eye creatures and disc-like vehicles. Very common theme for tonight. Yep. And they're on the ceilings of the caves, which um, archaeologists say this symbolizes things that were seen in the skies. Now, going back to uh, 1869 on August 9th, this is when we have the first strange reporting um this guy mr j hudson of los nietos reported his farm was showered with falling bits of flesh and blood from the sky the shower lasted three minutes and covered an area of two acres now what do we think is going on there sounds like a slave song (laughs) that's pretty fucking metal what do we think is going on there how can that be explained Any ideas? Yeah. Some scientists have this vomiting buzzards theory, but um, for two acres, yeah, that's that. And uh, (laughs) there was a few other cases involving like just a whole bunch of whole fish falling from the sky. And this is before airplanes, guys. That's crazier than UFOs. Uh, Falling fish from the skies. So we've got this story. Uh, This is from 1888. This is one of the first documented UFO encounters. Um, and this is, uh, this is pretty cool because a lot of the first UFO encounters are really closely tied with Bigfoot. And this story reads, one of the first UFO Bigfoot accounts occurred in 1888 and comes from the journal of a cattleman who had wintered with a tribe of Native Americans in Northern California. During his stay, he saw a member of the tribe carrying a platter of raw meat into the forest. He followed the Indian to a nearby cave. Upon entering, he was amazed to see the Indian feeding the meat to a large, hairy, man-like creature. The creature was totally covered with thick hair except for its palms, and also the creature had no neck but was much larger than a man. The Indian tribe called him Crazy Bear and explained that he had come to the earth in a small moon which carried two other similar creatures. Inside the small moon were several other entities who were human-looking, only very short, and they wore shiny silver clothes. After disgorging the three characters, the object took off into space. 
the Indians told the cattlemen that similar incidents had happened throughout the years, but only rarely. Now, what do we think is going on there? Someone got a hold of some peyote. A small moon? Now, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking aliens, Bigfoot, connecting the dots here. I think the aliens are dropping these Bigfoot creatures. You know, they maybe just dropped one or two back in those early days that survived. Maybe a whole tribe. Who knows? And that's what these people have been seeing. The aliens did this as like an experiment. Or they're just like fucking with us, you know? They're just dropping Sasquatches. Yeah, they're just like, let's see what, let's see how these people act. You know, they're recording our our mannerisms. Two trains of thought. Um, These are spokespeople for the beef jerky company. (laughs) Just coming to our planet. Back in the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the Indians were always making smoked jerky. They had to learn it from somewhere, right? Or it's uh, Chewbacca and his homies escaping their home. Yes, that's that's exactly what I thought of. Chewbacca. Just hanging out with Han Solo and Lando. Who's got around. the best Chewbacca impersonation? Uh, not me. That's Rob. <laughs> no way, dude. I seen you when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, I told you you got it, dude. You sound like the cowardly lion. Now, it wasn't until 1896 when the phenomenon known as the California Airship Mystery began. And this was uh, the first, you know, sightings um, that gained widespread attention. This was on November 17th, 18. 18- 96 when hundreds of residents of Sacramento reported seeing a large flying airship moving slowly over the city late at night. Now keep in mind the airplane wasn't wasn't invented until 1903. And now uh, we've got an excerpt from the uh, Sacramento Bee here that uh, Adam's going to read for us. Last evening between the hours of 6 and 7 o'clock in the year of our Lord 1896, a most startling exhibition was seen in the sky in this city of Sacramento. People standing on the sidewalks at certain points in the city between the hours stated saw coming through the sky over the housetops what appeared to be them to be merely an electric arc lamp propelled by some mysterious force. It came out of the east and sailed unevenly towards the southwest, dropping now nearer to the earth and now suddenly rising into the air again. So five days later, on November 22nd, dozens of passengers on a streetcar in Oakland observed a flying object, which they described as a wingless cigar. And Shelby Yost, the driver of the streetcar, described the object as having a blinding glow. Another passenger, William Rhoda, said it was... I thought at first it was a peculiar shaped balloon with lights. I have never seen anything so bright. Someone seemed to be controlling the machine on a downward angle. And now uh, this is bringing us right into uh, the Lodi encounter, which is one of the first, um, I guess, contact cases, would you call it? Yeah, one of the first alien encounters. Maybe you call it an encounter of the third kind. Well, let's just hope it's not like a seventh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to get into that right now. But we will later, (laughs) of course. So the Lodi encounter of 1896, coincidentally right around the same time as these previously mentioned stories are happening, Colonel H.G. Shaw and a companion, Camille Spooner, were riding a horse-drawn buggy back from Lodi, California, one night jogging along quietly when the horse stopped suddenly gave a snort of terror shaw said looking up we beheld three strange beings they resembled humans in many respects but still were not like anything they had ever seen before they were nearly seven feet high and very slender these beings wore no clothes shaw reported instead they seemed to be covered with a natural growth very hard to describe wasn't like hair or feathers but was silky to the touch Mm. so this guy is either tripping balls or he saw some crazy aliens. They seem to take great interest in humans, the horse and the buggy, and scrutinize everything very carefully. Shaw approached them. Their faces, he said, were without hair. Their ears are very small. The nose had an appearance of polished ivory, and their mouths were very tiny, with the eyes large and lustrous. He reached out and touched one, placing his hand under the elbow and pressed upward and said that he was able to lift him from the ground with scarcely any effort. This is the first reported alien encounter. Yeah, encounter. And they say these are like uh, these two cases, the California airship and the Lodi, are um, connected somehow. And these lasted from November until December. 
and it is still unexplained to this day. Some believe that it could have been an undercover airship, which is like a Zeppelin, uh, that they were testing the military because the first airship was only invented a year later in 1897, but the first official U.S. flight was not until 1904. Ooh, somebody's Talk about, hiding something. Yep. Talk about the Wright brothers? Um, no, first airship. Uh, Wright brothers airplane. That was, uh, well, that was I just earlier, had the date right? of that. 1901, maybe? Uh, 1903. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's close. So, yeah. Um, you know, and into the 1930s, uh, there's also a lot around uh, Mount Shasta. And uh, these sightings, they uh, go back also to the 1800s. And they're, it's crazy. Like, they all describe them as entities living in the mountains and would come trade golden nuggets to the townspeople, just like the uh, aliens Rob described. And... Um, Everyone reports seeing strange lights, electromagnetic activity. There's a ton of stories on this. We could probably do an entire episode on Mount Shasta. And um, bringing us right into the 1940s, this is where the whole, you know, modern age of UFO science began. The activity starts to really ramp up, especially in the Southwest U.S., just like Rob was saying. Here's what I'm thinking on this. You know, this is the... um, you know, Trinity detonation happened in New Mexico in 1945. We're doing the Manhattan Project from 42 to 47. 47 is right when the Roswell crash happened and right when the uh, Murak Edwards stuff happened. You know, we were, we're developing this nuclear technology that's fucking with the whole time space, you know, and these extraterrestrials are like, hey, what are you freaking doing over here? You're freaking with the whole freaking time space over here. You know, you over here, you're freaking doing tests on our guys. Yeah, we like don't know a, where the frick they are. We're in a freaking Area 51 over here. What the fuck is that? You know, it's like they, a lot of people hold the theory that aliens, you know, they're trying to help us out. They're concerned with our destructive capabilities. They're like, whoa, they're watching us. They're like, hey, these guys over here splitting atoms over here, blowing each other up. They're going to fuck up time space. These aliens come from Montauk, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so, 1947. This is when we got the Murak Edwards Air Force Base events. And uh, these are considered some of the most important events in UFO history, even said to rival the Roswell crash. Uh, Edwards Air Force Base in the Mojave Desert, one of the worst places I've ever been. Have you guys ever been into the Mojave Desert? And where is that? It's like north of here. (laughs) Like northeast of here, right? I can't say that I've knowingly been through there worst place ever what makes it so terrible i was just so freaking hot it's mm. like california and arizona right maybe and nevada does isn't say, some yeah. of that in there nevada, that sounds about so yeah um three of the most seen alien encounters three of those states right there guys clearly not according to the facts we read at the beginning of dude this arizona discussion. is on the list not in the top five but still top 10 all right A lot of alien activity going on. Yeah, so this place established in 1933 as Murak Field. Let me just say that's a a great baseball stadium name. We're going to copyright that right now. (laughs) And this is where the military conducts all their experimental flight testing. And um, Uh, Just what did you have to go out there for? This is where the military (laughs) conducts experimental flight testing and experienced its first activity with UFOs only a few days after the Roswell crash. And some say that parts of the Roswell wreckage were taken to Murak to be examined. What the hell are you snickering at over there? What's so funny? (laughs) I just asked why you were in in the desert out there, man. (laughs) Oh, why was I in the desert? Yeah. I was on a road trip. (laughs) <laughs> what? Were you hunting sense, aliens? No, I wasn't hunting aliens. I wish. Um, Sounds like an upcoming episode. Yeah, we should do some first-hand research. Oh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's got tea coming out of his nose. All of this activity began at 10 a.m. July 8th. 1947 and several high level officials and trustworthy officers claim to have seen three discs flying in the air. So one officer, Lieutenant Joseph C. McHenry said, I was looking up at the sky as I always do when I observed two silver objects of spherical or disc-like shape. 
traveling at 300 miles an hour at 8,000 feet in the air, headed northwest. Three other officers came over to check it out, and they all agreed it couldn't have been weather balloons as they were traveling against prevailing winds. Two officers cited another object of silver, spherical, or disc-like nature, very common trend throughout, traveling at approximately 8,000 feet in circles over the north end of the base. McHenry said, and I quote, from my actual observance, <laughs> can I? Can we just? Can you read that again? From my actual, <laughs> his face right now. McHenry also said, and I quote: "From my actual observance, the objects traveled in too tight a circle and too severe a plane to be any aircraft I know." Another officer agreed, saying. I have been flying in and been around all types of aircraft since 1943 and have never seen anything like this. Now, this cluster of sightings, uh, this, you know, changed the way that the, um, this had a big effect on how the United States Air Force handled uh, types of UFO sightings and stuff because they had never seen anything like this before. And um, just before we get into uh, Eisenhower's visit, um, this guy, uh, J. Allen Hynek, he was uh, brought in on the case as a consultant for Project Sign, which was the predecessor to Project Blue Book. And Project Blue Book was the U.S. Air Force's documentation and tracking of UFO phenomenon from 52 to around 1970. And this guy, um, Hynek, was brought in to kind of debunk them. You know, he says, I remember wondering why the Air Force had not paid much greater attention to it. And um, he would later learn that his job as a consultant was, was, yeah, to downplay or debunk the sightings and prove a possible astronomical explanation. And uh, his report in Project Sign reads, no astronomical explanation for this incident is possible. It is Attempting to explain the objects as ordinary aircraft observed under unusual light conditions, but the evidence of the tight circle maneuvers, if maintained, is strongly contradictory. This continued spaced out throughout the years at this base, and on February 17th through February 20th in 1954, one of the most significant events in UFO history took place at Edwards Air Force Base when President Dwight D. Eisenhower, also known as Ike, good man, I like to call him Ike, was on a visit to Southern California, said to be in Palm Springs for a quote-unquote golf tournament. It's too hot for golf in Palm Springs, President's been golfing since the 50s, (laughs) y'all. Yes, or was he? And yeah, as far as uh, President Eisenhower's visit... Yes, he was on a quote-unquote golf trip, and uh, he allegedly had a face-to-face diplomatic meeting with extraterrestrials at Edwards Air Force Base. And it all began when researcher Harold Wilkins heard from an inside source that the actual purpose was not a golf tournament. Rather, it was arranged so that the president could view the alien bodies and UFO craft that were being held at Edwards Air Force Base and to host a diplomatic meeting between humans and one or more extraterrestrial races. Now, hosting, hoisting. William Moore says, No doubt one of the reasons that this particular rumor has continued to circulate for such a long time is that there are a number of verifiable facts associated with it. Some of them are rather curious. Clearly something unusual involving the president did occur on the evening of February 20th, 1954. When Ike came to visit Palm Springs, he suddenly disappeared from public view. This much is fact. The press, who had been following his every move, was unable to locate the president during this period. Speculation about Eisenhower's whereabouts ran wild, with some accounts suggesting that he had died or been assassinated. That evening, the Associated Press actually released an official statement saying that President Eisenhower died tonight of a heart attack in Palm Springs. And then two minutes later, they retracted that statement. 
he also they had this like cover story of him going to like a dentist he had like an emergency dental appointment but uh researchers tried to confirm the dental appointment with the dentist widow who was unable to recall any details about the fixing of the president's tooth but recalled in detail a dinner with the president the following evening aliens man yeah so um the air force officer who was um present during the incident according to this officer he observed a metallic disc 100 feet in diameter land in full view of the base runway the entire base was locked down put on high alert and all personnel returning to the base were not allowed to re-enter nor was anyone allowed to exit and uh wilkins writes that from a reliable source in southern california i am assured that these five saucers did land voluntarily at Edwards Air Force Base. They were disks of five types, and their entities invited the technicians and scientists to inspect their aero forms and witness a demonstration of their powers. So we got five alien crafts landing here at the base. Two were cigar-shaped, just like we heard before, and three were saucer-shaped. The aliens look human-like, but not exactly. The ETs reportedly spoke fluent English and informed the president they wanted to start an educational program for the people of Earth. They displayed their technology prowess by making their ships invisible. The aliens wanted to announce their presence officially, but Eisenhower felt this would cause a panic. The ETs agreed, but stated that they would continue a limited campaign of contact so that humanity would gradually become aware of their presence. The ETs also expressed concern about the use of nuclear technology, just like we were talking about before. Mm. And in another version, President Eisenhower and his companion Robert Saunders were both invited on board one of the craft. They were given a tour of the interior and then were taken on a flight into space. Eisenhower and his top aides discussed the plan about like revealing the alien's presence and they thought this disclosure would upset the economy and that there would be a severe backlash from the goddamn religious community. This is why Ike didn't do it. He thought all these religious fanatics would freak out. I mean, if you didn't like Ike already, this is just more reason to love him, don't you think? The The man is an American hero. He's the first guy out there to find alien life forms, go all Jay and Silent Bob on it, and have a diplomatic meeting with them. True American hero, guys. And these goddamn Honestly. religious yahoos got to go and mess it all up. <laughs> Once again, what else is new? You know, I just find I find that interesting. You know, we're talking about these aliens displaying invisible aircraft, and not too long after that, I mean, here's our military getting all this technology, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot stealth of stealth fighters. Stealth fighters. Maybe yeah. you're familiar. What's it called when you send like light through a hairpin needle? Fiber optics. Fiber optics. Yeah, we got that <laughs> through right. A hairpin needle. Like a, a wire, hairpin wire. Yeah. Yeah. Got that right after the Roswell crash. I mean, mm, just interesting. Saying, just saying. So yeah, with the whole Edwards Air Force Base story. That brings us into the 50s, which this is the true golden age of UFOs. This is where sightings of more advanced UFOs happen. The, you know, the silver, shiny, metallic saucers appear more and more. And it's a boom in UFO culture as a whole, appearing in, you know, science fiction, magazines, books, fan clubs, uh, UFO research organizations start popping up. You know, this just makes me think, like, now that people are aware... Are, are they seeing it now? Maybe they've seen it before, but like... Didn't know. Right, they didn't make the connection, but now that they're out there looking and being more observant... Well, I mean, the Bible, true. dude, ancient aliens. <laughs> they just didn't know. Right. Or did they? And they thought they were gods. Just got written into the history books wrong, boys. Yeah. Um, the 50s also saw that whole Project Blue Book evolve. Not to be confused with the Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> and uh, Project Blue Book had two goals it was one to determine if ufos were a threat to national security and two to scientifically analyze ufo related data does this mean ufos are terrorists 
They, that's what they were trying to figure out. And this was ordered shut down in December of 69. Uh, Great year. The Air Force continued to provide the fall, continues to this day to provide the following summary of its investigations. One, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force was ever an indication of threat to our national security. Well, yeah, that's because they're trying to help us not blow each other up and fuck up the time space, mm. you know? Uh, two, allegedly, there was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technological developments or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge. And three, there was no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified were extraterrestrial vehicles. Like the government would even tell us if this was the case. Ha! You know, am I right? They're going to keep this stuff secret, you know? Just like we were talking about. They're going to hide it away at a lab up in Indiana. Department of Energy. Is is some yeah, department. This, and, and they're going to just start running crazy experiments. Freaking working on kids in there. And there's actually, uh, there's a funny story from this book. Uh, where the research for this one came, uh, celebrity sightings also began to take off in the 50s. And the first celeb to claim a UFO sighting was none other than legendary Rat Pack member Sammy Davis Jr. My motherfucking boy. He was the first celebrity to come out of the UFO closet, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> this was in August of 52. Uh, the Southern California desert community of Palm Springs. Uh, he had heard of a number of sightings in that area and was keenly interested. Uh, Sammy himself says, I wasn't to be left out. And during his stay, he was outside with a large group of people when a number of small silver discs appeared and floated overhead the discs then began to perform incredible maneuvers, proving beyond any doubt that they were actual spacecraft. Says Sammy Davis Jr., first they would stand still, then they would take off, stop again, before finally shooting away in a flash. The actor is convinced that UFOs are friendly, and he says, I feel quite strongly that if they wanted to harm the human race, they could have done so a long while ago. I mean, if you're in good standing with Sammy Davis Jr., you're probably all right. Yeah. You're probably a cool cat. Oh, yeah. And um, this is coming into the 60s. You know, this uh, the 60s, there was much more encounters, interactions, and evidence starting to pop up. And one of the most prominent encounters of the 60s is the Red Bluff UFO wave. Um, this was in Northern California. Hundreds of people from cities in Northern California, all the way down the coast and even into Mexico, reported the same types of UFOs either glowing red or yellow, disc-like, or boomerang shape. <laughs> Today's Just Google It, by the way, is brought to you by the great people at Lipton, who provided us with this magnificent matcha green tea. Go focus. Ahead. Delicious. Truly focus. There's some Japanese Buddhist Zen stuff that goes on with this. Go ahead and give them a try. And uh, Lipton, if you're listening, send us some more of this delicious tea. As I was saying, today's just Google it. Um, go ahead and type in this name in your little Google search boxes, Rex Heflin. And I guarantee UFO sightings will come up right away. Um, on August 3rd, 1965, shortly after noon, a 38-year-old highway maintenance engineer with the name Rex Heflin just happened to snap four Polaroid shots that are some of the most compelling UFO photos to date up in Tustin, California. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people like debunk his photos by saying it was like, uh, you know those like old-timey ice cream hats like Dick Van Dyke wears in Mary Poppins? You know what I'm talking about? Like this... Like the straw straight hats. It looks like one of those um, people uh, would debunk the photos by saying like it's one of those being thrown. It kind of looks like Eric Decker reaching out for a first down. A Vanderbilt <laughs> girl, if you will. But um, these are Mary actually... Poppins, y'all. These are actually considered amongst the most reliable evidence of the existence of UFOs because they're taken on a Polaroid 101 camera 
which develops inside the camera within a minute after being taken, and that means that there's no negatives that exist to be doctored. I don't know. Still not convinced on that one. Oh. Go ahead and take a look for yourself, readers, and let us... Yeah. Yeah, Rob's... uh... No, I said readers. These are listeners. <laughs> I'm mad at myself. You're mad at your dad, not me. Yeah, Rob's new nickname will be Scully, skeptic over here. Ah, come on. I want to be Mulder. <laughs> no, you're you're skeptic over I like here. It, Scully. You're debunking That's the so photographic funny. evidence. Taking on a Polaroid 101. And even earlier in the week when he took these, police in central Oklahoma and southwestern New Mexico received multiple calls from witnesses who had seen objects flying very high, changing from red to white to blue to green and in diamond-shaped formation. Dude, so... (laughs) Dude, guys. Dude. Hey, dude. All right, so I I have been living in California on and off again for about 10 years now. And I would say... You've seen some UFOs? I've seen... I've had two experiences. Oh, yeah. Let's hear them. We got to hear them. You know, we just called Rob Scully saying he's a skeptic. But we all know growing up, like, I was the last guy to believe anything. Like, we'd always be on scout campouts, and this guy would be like, yo, this place is haunted. Let's go check it out. And I'd be the first guy to roll my eyes, not believe in that stuff. Don't, didn't believe in ghosts, didn't believe in UFOs. A few years back, a few of my buddies and I, we were on top of this hill, right outside here in East, East San Diego. <clears throat> Skylight Ranch, if you guys know that place. Right, we're up at the top of the hill, just doing guy stuff, smashing bottles against machinery. Mm, classic, classic. Gym talk, you know, locker Our room talk. Trains. Gym talk. <laughs> classic. Yeah, and all of a sudden we look up, and I kid you not, three red diamonds appear out of nowhere to form a triangular shape and just there momentarily and as soon as they appeared you know they dispersed super quick probably about 8,000 feet in the air 300 miles an hour in a different direction just in the blink of an eye gone and then did you see Jafar asking if you saw the diamond in the rough (laughs) (laughs) we all know that the true diamond in the rough are red headed left handed chicks Okay, so what do you think these uh, UFOs were doing? I mean, I'm not going to lie. At first, like, I was like telling myself, like, dude, this is probably just some military stuff. Like, Now, did you look up, were there any other reports from that night? Yes, because the next day on the news, I saw on the news people were reporting, seeing the exact same thing I saw. I talked to a couple other buddies, and they were like, dude, no joke. I saw the same exact thing. So either everybody in Southern California is crazy or everybody's super nice to make me not feel crazy. Okay, now what was the second encounter? The second encounter, uh, me and a couple of buddies were driving back from Washington State. And and how far apart were these encounters? Oh, man, this I would important. say... First one, what year are we talking? Oh, man, probably 2009 or early 2010. Okay, second? Um, summer 2010. Okay, so about the same year. Yeah, I'd say uh, at most six months to a year apart. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we're driving down from Washington State. We've been driving all day. It's getting late. We're up in Fresno. Shout out to the Bulldogs. (laughs) Shout out to Derek Carr. Raider Nation. Um, yeah, so we're heading home and we're, you know, we're in the middle of Fresno. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Fresno. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's the armpit of California. Yeah. There's not much <laughs> Literally. there. <laughs> Literally, there's not much there couple you know it's farms basically and we're on the interstate just driving down and all of a sudden i see three yellow lights just fly directly at the car like dude this is on the interstate this is on the interstate it's 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 been a quiet night i haven't seen a lot of traffic no other cars um passing cars on the left side of the road but but none around you none none really around me but i mean it's it's pretty desolate out there and I'm not too see, far from Stockton. Right, right. Keep that in mind. Ooh, My passengers were both sleeping. And I, like I said, see these three yellow lights just come screaming towards the car. I think it's like a semi or something. I'm like, dude, this is the end. This is how, this is how it all ends. We're dying right here in Fresno. This is not <laughs> how I ever planned on dying. But <clears throat> all of a sudden, at the last second, the lights dim up super fast, like go over the car, and they're gone. I'm, you know, I'm scared shitless, but I'm still trying to drive. I'm trying to get back to San Diego. You didn't that, stop? 
No, man, I was trying to get the hell out of Stockton. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not you know, a couple moments later, not even that much later, I just see the three yellow lines fly right past us again, right out the front mirror, and then fly up into the sky and disappear. I'm not saying aliens, I believe in aliens. Man, I, that's compelling. That's that's just, those are some pretty good stories. First hand witness. So neither of you guys know alien encounters. I wish, man. I've never seen a UFO. I think you I guys saw, haven't been here long. I've enough. definitely seen like an optical illusion that I really thought was a UFO at the time, but it was it's like, called magic. It was the way that two planes were flying made it look. <laughs> it was like just two UFO. planes. Yeah, but the way they were flying, it made it look like it was spinning. You know, I can't. It's actually very scientific. I won't get into it right now. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that we talked about earlier, you know, pretty sure it was a drone, but mm. it was flashing lights, popped up, hovered around for a little bit, dipped below the tree line, came back up, came like right at us as we're sitting on the balcony, like having a cigarette, and then just dipped down below the tree line again. We were like, what the was that this was up in long beach right yeah long beach man. shout out sam shout out airbnb <laughs> shout out to airbnb yeah. shout out white wine and pissing in sinks <laughs> not mason jars good times man southern california full of aliens and we were Literally. talking about so we were talking about the uh i'm cutting that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny shit dude <laughs> So we were talking about the Rex Heflin photos. This was around, you know, mid-60s. Now, 77 marks the release of, you know, we're always trying to relate the podcast to uh, TV and film, you know, fiction. And 77, release of Spielberg's blockbuster... Close, Close Encounters, Encounters of the, of the Third, Third Kind. kind. Yeah, so you guys familiar? Yeah, this was released in November 16th of 77. Budget of $20 million, but has grossed over $306.1 mil worldwide. And a um, little, uh, couple little facts I'll sprinkle in about this one. Uh, the song When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio actually influenced Spielberg's writing style for the screenplay. Can you cue that? He says he uh, he hung my story. I hung my story on the mood that the song created, the way it affected me personally. It's now, a big part of his life. Yeah, aliens <laughs> and uh, Jiminy Cricket. So Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, when you wish upon a star is actually used throughout the film, and is ultimately where that you know the five notes that they're they're playing to the aliens. This is where John Williams pulled it from. You know. Mm. You've heard you've heard this before. <laughs> yeah. That's a, the mathematical language they play to the aliens. Yeah. And th- that guy that we were talking about who worked on Blue Book before, um, J. Allen Hynek, he was hired as a consultant on the film. He actually has a cameo in the end. He's the guy smoking the pipe when they walk up to the big ship. So you know it's legit. Yeah. And he says... Even though the film is fiction, it is based for the most part on known facts of the UFO mystery, and it certainly catches the flavor of the phenomena. The film actually draws its title from Hynek's Close Encounter Scale, which was originally one through three, but has since been extended to four through seven. So a close encounter of the first kind is when a person sees a UFO within 150 meters. Second kind, what are we thinking that is? Uh, when you have proof that there yes, was actually, yes. in fact, a UFO that you There's saw. evidence behind, you know. Little signs kind of thing going on. Yeah. Third kind is when an encounter is with visible occupants inside the UFO. An encounter of the fourth kind involves the person being taken and experimented on inside the alien craft. Fifth kind involves direct communication between humans and aliens. Sixth is the death of a human or animal associated with a UFO sighting. And the coup de grace, a encounter of the seventh kind, is the creation of a human-alien hybrid either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific methods. Now, that would be a great movie, am I right? I think Rob I showed me a video really similar to that. <laughs> I doubt that. And back to the movie, NASA actually declined to cooperate on the film. And in fact, they sent Spielberg a 20-page letter telling him that releasing the film was dangerous. 
And in an interview, he said, if NASA took the time to write me a 20-page letter, then I knew I must be onto something. See, that that freaks me you out. No, yes, that's what I'm saying, man. That's like the government is, you know, Hollywood. They're making this stuff to get this fictional idea in people's heads, right? And Maybe government. it's not so fictional, though. Yeah, Maybe, man. maybe it's not. Close Encounters is... It's all the way they depict the interactions with the aliens and the beams and stuff, very similar to, to all the reports. Historically accurate film, I would say. I wanted to talk about, like, we were watching, what's that movie? This is non- like, this is similar to the AI stuff we were talking about. Like, people aren't afraid of AI because they see all the movies with robots taking over and they're like, oh, there's no way that could happen. <laughs> could I just tell you? <laughs> Same with, like, aliens, right? You I see feel like these, that's you creepier see stuff though, like man. Independence Day and you're like, oh. yeah, but what's creepier to you, alien or a robot? A robot. Really? No, I'm just telling you that's how it's pronounced. Robot? Robot. <laughs> I said that all week in my class and the kids were like, what the heck? You guys, what you guys know about robots? Yeah, did, you, did you ask them what they knew about robots? They were like, "It's robot, Mister Adam." <laughs> yeah, but but seriously, dude, I would be way more freaked out of an alien. I think. Well, especially after hearing about the different kinds of yeah encounters, yeah. man. That, and, but see, that's what I'm saying. Hollywood is making there. But maybe Hollywood we shouldn't movie, be scared. Yeah, every Hollywood movie like makes them out to be these menacing aliens. When True, in reality, everybody we talked about tonight, you so. know, they're trying to help us out. They're saying, "You guys are fucking with our. You fucking with my money now. You know, <laughs> messing up space money. time. Yeah, you can't be doing that." Which brings us right back to the pyramids. They're trying to help us out. Yeah, helping us so. build the pyramid. We're, yeah, we're gonna do an entire pyramid episode. By the way, Rob's gonna handle the research for that Ooh, one. Okay, okay. And we're going to I'm cover it. I'm it. everything about, about the pyramids, school. and we'll also throw in the mummy in there. Ooh, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, OG. Yeah, we will not include the Tom Cruise version. No, but can we talk about these? What was that movie? Un, 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 unacknowledged. 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 Yes. If you if you haven't seen it, it's a documentary on Netflix. Go check it out. Absolutely fascinating. Shout yeah. out to Netflix. Shout out to Netflix. Uh, I really enjoyed that documentary. Thank you guys for exposing me to that. I was just blown away. They're showing uh, footage of old George W. in office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's trillions of dollars being spent on the defense budget, but over 25% of it went unaccounted for. And uh, it makes yeah. me think, what is the government hiding, man? They're developing. They, you know, they have these whole covert operations and these cover-ups and these schemes, and they're they don't want us to interact with the aliens because they know they're trying to help the human race. And now, what I was thinking is, so Eisenhower signed a treaty with the aliens, and apparently, in the treaty with his meeting, he said, you know, some of them could do experiments on people. But I think the government doesn't want that because they would help us, and that's why they're pumping out all this stuff like McDonald's, getting everybody fat so the aliens can't abduct us into their tractor beams. They're just too heavy to pick. Yeah, they're just too... The government's <laughs> out there getting all the citizens fat so the aliens can't abduct them and experiment on them. Do you think aliens ever go human tipping? <laughs> Maybe. They love fucking with cattle. We know that. We know they like bringing the big crop circles. Here. Yeah. Maybe you guys know about those. Yeah, we'll, call, we'll get an episode on crop circles too. A whole episode? Just crop circles? So Here's now a we're... Uh, crop circles. Now we're getting into the 1990s. A topic very near and dear to where we are right now. Yes. What a time to be alive, man. The 90s? Yes. Great era. Yeah, it was It was a really uh, fascinating era. You may call it the it. golden era. Mm. Some may call it that. The last great era. So March 1994, San Diego. There's a UFO conference going on on Coronado Island. Guess who's fucking there, guys? Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Bill Clinton? Oh, yep. The president. Obsessed with mm. aliens. Mm. Happens to be on Coronado Island the same fucking weekend. Anyways, getting right into it. They, so there was a group there called CERO, or Close Encounters Research Organization. And after the conference, everyone was feeling a little weird. They all came across the same similarities that some of them had been abducted into a large spaceship. So this is one of the first reportings of a mass abduction, guys. Happened right in our backyard. Literally. So there is a hypnotist and researcher that uh, performed 
hypnotic regressions on a number of the attendees over a period of the years after the conference. They said that one man noticed an incredibly bright light coming into his hotel room. Back to the bright lights. Always yeah, I'm telling you, right through lights. the window so tonight, man. First he sees that, then he basically blacked out next morning finds blood on his pillow goes to the doctor finds puncture marks in his ear Mm. and they removed a track what they think to be a tracking device so then that's pretty fucking weird right next up this chick named alice comes in goes under the hypnotics finds a scoop mark in her shin they remove another device so they're putting these implants in these people and then like three out of the six people that were put into the hypnosis apparently they found these little they call them nanotechnology but they think it could be some type of tracking device some monitoring equipment possibly so and then when i came across that article i found this little excerpt from bill clinton himself because i and you know i found it i didn't find it weird that he's there because obviously you know he was not having sexual relations (laughs) with that woman with those aliens (laughs) but he although he denies any knowledge of ufos and aliens that while he was the president he does believe that alien life exists we're not the only ones out there and he cites his interests in the extraterrestrial life forms and that ufos have definitely visited our planet before a little interesting tidbit on old bill so now we'll get into the uh 2000s and along with adam's california sightings We've also got the Stockton UFO sighting of 2012. Now, this was one of the top sightings for 2012 on MUFON, and it was a dark mid-June 2012 night near Souter, California, which is a rural area, rural area, just like Adams, you know, approximately 40 miles north-northwest of Sacramento. There was a security guard traveling to a construction site to relieve his fellow officer in Yuba City, where he noticed a glowing white light coming from the trees. As he continued in the direction towards the light, he continued to observe it till he came within 600 yards of the object. He stepped out of his vehicle to observe with his binoculars and then his night vision scope. During the five minutes he observed, he noted that its saucer-like shape glided above the tree line, swaying from side to side, slowly moved and continued along the tree line and then back up as if it was doing a search sometimes dipping below the tree line even based on the angular displacement of the object in the sky it would have been between 50 and 100 feet across the entire object glowing white and three flashing exterior lights blue green and red uh the craft emitted sufficient light that the security guard could determine its closeness to the trees because its light was actually illuminating the treetops he took a photo with his phone which I believe you can find on MUFON's website. And he then drove to relieve his partner. You know, same area as Adam's sighting. You know, rural area. California. Middle of the night. Did you see the photo? A lot of creepy stuff going on there. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it's just like a kind of a shitty cell phone pic. But still, I don't know, it's just like a little, looks like almost like a little orb floating above the tree. Google it, Google it. That would be another just Google it. Yeah, and for the first just Google it, the uh, Rex Heflin photos, that's I uh, posted one of them on the Instagram page earlier today. Be sure to check that out. Mash the like button. Give us a follow if you haven't already. Maybe hit us with that five-star review, boys. What are we so in college? Are, do we want to cover any more of the... Um, Millennium sightings, you know, recent sightings. Where do you guys stand on this? Do aliens exist? Yes. 100% yes. Yes, 100%. Agree. It's it's a cover up by the government. They don't <laughs> want help. they don't want these aliens to give us this great technology and help out the masses, you know, because then that weakens the esoteric circles power. There's no money in it. Yeah, man. I mean, this whole country, man, was founded by people who were into aliens. George Washington he had a cult. He's a real hip guy. And the cult was in the aliens. Rob, thoughts? I mean, I've never seen anything like what you said, but I definitely, I mean, dude, the universe is so fucking vast. So humongous big. <laughs> there's, there's definitely something else out there, man. We're not the only thing. Yeah, there's a lot of aliens out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Numerous times. Way smarter than us, probably. Trying to help us out. 
and the government is just being ignorant about it. Goddamn government. <laughs> We're getting shut down. So let me hit you guys with a little info from New Fork, which is the National UFO Reporting Center. And this is the report on California. I'm just going to go through a couple of this month's, which is almost three pages of reports. Mm. And from September 2nd all the way until the second of this month, all but six of these sightings or reports are coming from anywhere between Los Angeles and San Diego. And this is covering the entire state of California. So that's pretty creepy, y'all. Majority report seeing lights or a sphere shape that lasts between 15 seconds and three minutes. And the latest is San Diego, California. Three minutes, five big yellow lights hovering over the horizon. And that was at... 2033. So what time would that have been? 8.30 at night? Just like you saw, Adam, three lights. No, five. That was five. (laughs) Adam saw three. (laughs) Just, you know, just curious. You know, there's got to be some. But there is multiple reports in Northern California of seeing three lights. So what is the significance of the three and the five, man? Like that, that's going to bother me. I don't know. Even up in LA, the 25th, five lights in the sky seen from South Central Los Angeles. All the reports I saw... What was that movie again? Unacknowledged. Unacknowledged. I keep wanting to say unanonymous. All the reports in there. Three aliens, three ships. Yep. Aliens love to travel in threes. They use the buddy system when they're out there, you know? (laughs) Buddy! That's what I'm saying. These aliens got to stick together. So aliens, 100% real. 100% real aliens. You heard it here. You heard it first. Go ahead and let us know your thoughts, your comments on our Instagram. Yeah, we'd we'd love to uh, hear what you guys have to say about aliens. Hit us with a slide up in those DMs on that uh, at podcast from outer space on Instagram. Guys, t-shirts coming soon. Just Google it. Hit us up on our email, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com with any shout-outs, questions, comments. Future episodes. Yeah. Any of the ideas you guys might have for us, tell us how cool we are, how much we suck, either way. Either way is fine. Give us that five-star review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. So, until next week. Bon voyage. That's it for us, boys. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> <laughs>